0: Nerds International proudly presents... Hello and welcome to the 3T RPG podcast. My name is Harrison Hunt and with me is Nick Lamley. Welcome to Hello. <laughs> this is this is a podcast all about tabletop RPGs. And we're actually uh, record holders at the moment because oh, we're then? the only podcast in the world to not be sponsored by Raid Shadow Legends. <laughs> oh my God, don't even get me started. Do what I is going on with that at the moment? And what is the, what is the deal with, like, not only do they, like, throw fucking adverts at you between every single part of a uh, YouTube video now, but now they do their own ones when they're like, wait a minute, do you know what I like? I like Raid Shadow Legends. And they actually start doing an internal fucking ad as well. Yeah, yeah, so you get the advert during and yep. all of them throughout. It is yep. fucking annoying. It is so annoying. And, and what's the deal with airline food? I just thought, actually, I think this is the thing that like, a lot of people have said. So, but yeah, That's like the old joke, isn't it? What's the deal with airline food? I know, it was, I've always liked it. So do I. Yeah, it's good. It's fun. <laughs> Comes in little packets. Hot take. I feel like I have to use every single part, though. Like, you know what I mean? So I must use the little <laughs> bit of salt. Must use it's bit gotten better, it. especially if you order the vegetarian... I can't believe we're talking about this, but all the <laughs> vegan option or the kosher... It's better, it's better, way better, way well, better. Because if, if because if you order the normal one, you know what you're getting. You're getting chicken, bloody what is it they always give you? Fucking chicken with tomato and mozzarella on top. Now, Every I was time. on a plane with James Clark once, who's part of this show, and I have a theory now developing that James doesn't have any sense of taste. The reason being is because he ate the he ate um the pasta and meatballs right, which is which was fine. Yeah. But then he says to me, he was like. Yeah, the alien food wasn't that bad. It was um, like at first you eat a little bit and it doesn't taste very good, and then when you eat it all, it tastes really nice. And I went, "Do you mean? Do you mean you got full?" And he went, "Yeah." And I think he <laughs> thinks when it's in your belly, dis- it tastes good. Yeah, I think he thinks that's the same thing. <laughs> that's him. I, I don't know, man. That's I don't him. think he can taste. That, that sort of it's got, I've got that theory that's we will put that to the test next week at the uh, the game table shall i like so, so i like spike some crisps so it's really gross and see if he notices yeah cuz i uh, yeah that's a good idea just give him like give a him one a pork chilli powder or yeah, something yeah give him like a pork one and just be like well yeah, taste this cheese and onion crisp. <laughs> yeah. and James, don't listen to this before next week. <laughs> I don't think he does listen to this anyway, so we're fine. <laughs> but on today's show, we've got the feedback side. We've got what you're saying. We've got the main subject, which is going to be the time Steve Jackson got raided by the Secret Service. Oh, yeah. I've tried to come up with a quicker title, but I couldn't. No, snappy. We... And then we've got Brain in the Oven, yes. followed by Electro Letters, followed by our award-winning outro. It's yeah. going to be a good show. It's going to be a bloody good show. But before we do, I just want to mention that I'm now on Twitter, so follow me. follow oh, me. At Harrison the Huge I've just gone into it I've only got 10 followers I need more It's a cesspit mate You're not gonna I hate Twitter I like it so far Of course you do (laughs) well I, my mum my mum follows me on Facebook so I can't really like be quite as stupid as I really am and on Twitter it's like so is this your medium now yeah you know, it's where my, you can uh, be of therapy, myself a bit message yeah. <laughs> Sean Patrick Fannon last night stop it you troll <laughs> <laughs> alright let's go on with some feedback yeah the feedback side the feedback side yes bitch the feedback side feedback bitch. it's the feedback section yeah we take your comments and read them out Yeah, feedback, bitch. First feedback comes in from Richard Walcock. He's speaking about me thinking that romance was an odd genre to include in the Cypher system. Uh, yeah, oh god, i yeah, to talk about that as well after we yeah, get going. He says, You didn't like the romance game's idea though. Actually, I thought it was a good idea to include, even if nobody wants to play it. It's a good example of the flexibility of the system. By contrast, Savage Worlds has so many rules for combat that I'd consider it a poor choice for running a non combat campaign. Mm, yeah, Possible to do, sure, but you'd only use a small part of the rules. He's got a point there, yeah? That is a very good point. That's a very good point. <laughs> So would you, so would you play a romance game? I think we have to because um, some people have been demanding it. Well, actually, have they? <laughs> yeah, me, me, we. Oh dear! <laughs> I said, be careful what you wish for. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's just going to be horrible. That's we do romance even in our home games, which it yeah, be a bromance story though. It doesn't need what, to be just love. love. Just <laughs> friends hanging out. Just, what, legit, like, I was going to say fisting each other. I meant no. bumping fists. Bump it, oh, oh, my God. Bumping fists, chugging beers together. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Shooting a breeze. Sounds great. Yes. <laughs> Terry Hansen says, Damn you both and your review. I had given up on the cipher system. I have always wanted to play The Strange. It's such an awesome dimension-hopping concept. I had to dig out my copy of the game. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Terry also did a form of feedback we've never seen before. We And this is the Last time we're mentioning Bobby Evans, but, <laughs> but, but um, it, Bobby Evans, obviously he won the shittest Kickstarter stretch goal award for puppets, mm-hmm. for Savage Worlds demonstrations, and uh, Terry Hansen um, got some puppets and yeah. did a little puppet show yeah, along to show. our podcast, uh, Yeah, where hilarious. We, you and I were puppets. I was like a sock snake, it was quite cool. Weirdest feedback we've ever received, probably. Yes, mm. yes Yeah. hands down. And, and I'm not surprised it's from Terry. Owen Lean says Feedback regarding food Because we spoke about our sort of table oh, food did, last yeah, game yep. He says cook a buffet Or buy a bunch of bits Have them on a separate table Then people can go and grab throughout Well, just walk away from the table mid-game? Yeah, Excuse I Excuse mean, me, I'll eat the buffet I guess it's If it's in the same room I guess that's okay Is it? But I don't so know So DMing, right? And I was like Right, so you walk into this room And you can smell it And then you just Sorry And he's like Someone's over at the buffet munching I'm still listening I'm still listening. I'm just grabbing a chicken wing. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know if I agree, but it, it would be nice for saving space on the table. The amount of times every time I put a map down, we have to move a bunch that's of crisps out of the way. That's true, but that's away. because we're... Um, we, yeah, we just bring so we're much snacks. But if I walked in and there was a spread on, then fair play to the host. Next one comes in from Scott A. Woodard. Woodard, I can't remember, but he's a nice lad. Anyway, point is is that uh, we recently had RPG Pundit on to talk about the Mercer effect, yeah. and during which uh, we spoke about... Uh, we thought that, that Matt Mercer should be upfront about the fact it's an entertainment product and not really how normal D&D games go. Does he not? Well, he's not preface the show with... Uh... No, he's, he basically says, um, look, you, you, you've got to understand that your games aren't going to be as great as ours because you're not quite as... Well, most awesome. DMs aren't Who as... Who the fuck do you lot think you are? <laughs> you may merely view our greatness, but never think that you can recreate it. Yeah, that's exactly how he speaks. What so, um, Scott comes in and he says, I've had people say that I'm a great GM because... I do all the voices. Yes, I'm an experienced voice actor, but I hope it's not just my silly characters that make me a decent GM. And I definitely agree that Mercer and his like need to emphasize that what they're doing is not typical gaming. It's a produced show, and no one should believe they can run their kitchen table games like that. Mm. Enjoyable conversation, even if I'm a proud SJW who strongly disagrees with RPG Pundit about a lot of what he says thinks. Okay. Which is fair. Which is I, fair. I think a lot of people reacted very maturely to us having him on because I think the trouble is is that with the RPG Pundit a lot of people believe the rumours rather than what he's actually like and i'm glad that people listened to it and kept an open mind oh, so, so, so his, his reputation did not precede him yeah you he, to him? he was really nice he was yeah. he was a lovely bloke yeah i'm gonna listen i'm gonna i'm gonna digest that pod later on but we love scott woodward as well obviously yeah we love them all yeah. don't fight don't fight. we don't, fight. Fight. We don't like it when mummy and daddy fight we love you guys <laughs> <laughs> we always have that's all the feedbacks for this time some hey. pretty good ones never bring up bobby evans again okay all right all right well, I'm talking to the listeners, not you. You you rarely bring them up. I don't bring them up that much. Okay, let's get on to what we've been playing. Yay. Yeah? What you slaying? We've been continuing our D&D campaign. Oh, mate. So, our D&D campaign is all about them owning a disused monster zoo and populating it with monsters yeah. in D&D, which has been fun, really uh-huh. fun. And, um... Yeah, the very last mission they did, before the year was over, they had to basically prove themselves that they could run the zoo well. And it's been a year, and Uh they've now been given full ownership of the zoo, which is fun. But before that, I did a mission based on Jack and the Beanstalk. But obviously, in in D&D, giants are really, really powerful. Uh And they went up there, had to rescue this guy called Jackie, who was supposed to deliver cocaine to a clock shop in Baldur's Gate, no, never wins Yeah. But failed, traded the cocaine for magic beans, and then planted it and went up a beanstalk <laughs> yeah. and was trying to nick the giant's treasure to bring back to his boss. To sort of look, over, look over the accidente the, with the up. selling of. Yeah, the yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, these guys went into the to the house, tried to find all of the magic items, but found the golden hen. egg-laying hen. Yeah. Then got so fucked up by the dragon in Pet the first dragon. few hits. Yeah. yeah. They jumped out of the window mm-hmm. and descended back to. But the, the the trouble... Well, you guys had parachutes, so we it's fine. Yeah. We, we had parachutes, yeah. we did mid-air, some fight. mid-air combat. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. So how I did it is I just drew on my battle map one, two, three, four. Mm-hmm. One being the highest one, four being the lowest. In and, squares. Yeah, and they could use their movement to go up and down... Um, up and down a level of height. That's it, so- a distinguished height. So yeah, so that, so we had. So when we we were like um, becoming more streamlined and trying to get down quickly, so we dropped down to like the third level, and then the dragon brought the bloody giant down, holding him, and then he'd come down to the level before, and then he could jump down. It was brilliant. Yeah, so it was a really the- nice way of handling it, considering that it's quite difficult to draw a battle map that that depicts just air. Yeah, well that was <laughs> really- it. Yeah, I mean it was it was like. Yeah, I, it it would have been cool if I had like a physical representation of it, but I thought I thought it worked well, and the um, yeah, the the giant had a pet dragon, ice dragon, because mm-hmm. I thought because it's so up high that uh-huh. everything's cold so it's a, fr- a frost giant and an ice dragon but yeah. yeah so the dragon was holding the um the giant by the shoulders and taking him up and down levels and then all of these guys um jackie the guy that they they were sent to go and rescue didn't have a parachute no. and he was flying through the air screaming his ass off and uh, uh, throughout the whole fight about three of the guys that were in the fight they were just consistently trying to um get the spare parachute oh, out I mean, of somebody's bag yeah. and i was like okay give me a whatever check it was, and try and get the parachute out. And it yep. was always like, three, one, two, five. <laughs> oh, God we had five rounds last week. It was terrible. And yeah. then Nick's character died exactly. in an instant. Yeah. So in D&D, if you go minus half of your uh, max HP, yep. you die instantly. Yep. Nick took your character, Dave Dishington, took one hit from the giant, uh-huh. and boff. Crit. Crit. Dead. <laughs> dead in the air it was awful they've been killed in mid-air before well that's the first at least. yeah that's the first it was great but you know what I'm, I'm really pleased with the character that I've picked up so it's all good yeah so Nick um, had this apprentice that during downtime he would train him up but always forgot about him left him for months on end so he he ended up trying to read books about becoming a ranger for himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like becoming a ranger for dummies yeah and um, he's like using food from the zoo as target practice, yep. like kicking it and shit. Exactly. Um, so now you're playing, yeah, Willy, the Willy, little the apprentice little ranger. Oh, yeah. oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, the next, the very next thing is that, that this zoo has become so popular and the town that they uh, run has mm-hmm. become so big. It's now a duchy. So yep. that means they have Fortified to... duchy, no less. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And... Um, so that means they have to pay some of the town's profits to mm-hmm. the king, and as a result, the Didi, one of the characters, has to be sworn in as a duchess. And we brokered some deals, didn't we? Yeah, it was pretty cool, really, really cool. Mm-hmm. And they they essentially uh, went to the spring ball yeah. of the king, and they negotiated, you know, mm-hmm. what percentage they would be given to the king. This and the other, we struck up a trade deal. Struck up a trade deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they um, Neverwinter trades in fabric, yeah. and these guys have food and beer. So mm-hmm. they're now trading both. Like it's good beer. It's yeah. not just any Be beer. beer. Yeah. Yeah, which was pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. Because your character had a pretty good send-off. When he died, oh, mate. they were like, fuck, we need to get his beer recipe. Because that was he's a folk hero because yeah. of his beer. Yeah. And they were like, we need to get his recipe. So they quickly um, called on one of the local wizards that works in the town to, to do Speak with the Dead. Yeah. And then well, they spoke to his ghost and got the beer recipe. Got the beer was, recipe, yeah. Yeah, that was it fucking was really funny. really cool, man. But yeah, the, the, when the whole thing with the king's thing, I just wanted them to have a nice, relaxed session of just attending... Party. Y- yeah, a party. Yeah, a party. And having this like like having to sort of fit in socially it was a lot of social shit it was really really bloody fun it blew James's head off because he was like I can't believe we're doing something so like normal but it's all roles and stuff and it's like yeah man that's what RPGs are about you don't have to yeah, be you fight don't always the fighting time. yeah <laughs> yeah um, one of the um, yeah so for example during the first phase at the dinner they sort of like but like one of the things was Dee she's you know being being looked at her mannerisms are being sort of um, analysed yeah, because it. she's about to become one of the council Yeah. and I'm like okay you see a an absolute field of cutlery in front of you you don't know what's the first one the right one to pick for the first course and then so she had to roll like I don't know I can't remember what it was it was like history or something yeah yeah history or intelligence but yeah then then rolls picked up the right nailed one it. Yeah. You you it your character Willie he had to uh, pass the salt but there was loads of drinks and vases and <laughs> and food yep. in the way. And he's a little, he, was, he, he was a little orphan, and he kind of grew up on the street, so he's got no kind of social etiquette whatsoever, so he had a bit of a nightmare. And, of course, like, he failed his <laughs> yeah. um, agility role, or dexterity role, and just, as he was weaving his hand through all of this shit, trying to pass Knock the silk, knocked loads of shit over, yeah. Yeah. and this vase went crashing over, nearly spilled on TD's lap, and she uh, <laughs> she rolled a dex save to get out of the way. Mm-hmm. It was fucking awesome. It was awesome. But one of the best parts was, um, there was a, because, you know, posh people, they play party games, Absolutely. and often really weird ones. Like, if yep. you ever... Like, you've seen, like, party games that posh people play at, like, Christmas and that. And it's like, (laughs) put the balloon between your legs and run to the other side of the room. (laughs) But you must be reciting Shakespeare at the time. Yeah, yeah, it's really weird. (laughs) So it's games like that. They had... um, an eating A hot dog eating competition whilst balanced on the back of, of a, a servant, of a servant yep. serving tray tobogganing, yep. and blind baguette jousting. They sound so off the hook. Can you imagine if someone had actually put them in a book somewhere? Such as 78 Hamlet Happenings, which <laughs> is obviously our product. <laughs> yeah, so I used those events from that. and uh, Yeah, it was really, really funny. And Nick uh, Willie, his character won um more events yeah yeah and the jousting he done really well oh no no he got knocked out to the king in the jousting it was the hot dog eating yeah yeah and (laughs) And and the tobogganing on the wine oh yeah so he's drunk the whole time this little kid he's like he's like either nine or eleven no or (laughs) twelve like nobody knows because he he, he's like i think it's my birthday but i don't know (laughs) yeah and um so he won this this pair of boots like like, no no it was a belt belt. a belt yeah yeah, it was and it, a belt of uh, oh bloody, What did it? It do? was like a belt of speed or something That's like right, this. Yeah. But it gives you extra pace in combat and one free deck save mm. per day. That's yeah, so and that was fun. Um, but right at the was end, fun. yeah, was fun exactly. <laughs> right at the end of the party, if you guys know that scene from Batman: The Dark Knight when Joker comes into the party and crashes the party and takes the woman hostage. That basically happened, mm-hmm. but it was with this really demonic jester who yeah. said that he would he was diseased and he spat his disease into all his the wine. Teeth were missing; and he had all blood. I mean, you know when he was describing that, all I could think of was do you remember that guy that did that party hard song and he always had blood like a nosebleed. Oh, Andrew WK. <laughs> yeah, that's all I could picture when you were saying that. <laughs> yeah, this guy had like blood coming out of his mouth. He was obviously like really diseased. His teeth were falling out, yeah. and he took um. So Stanley and Dee two characters in the campaign, he took them both hostage, like like with a knife to their throat and mm-hmm. stuff like this. And managed to save one kid, but the guy escaped with. The other, mm. he jumped off the building and as he hit the floor, um, he was he was like should have been dead. Yeah, snapped. And he, was, he was cracked and snapped in all yeah. places. Then his bones sort of cracked round and refigured into a spider formation, mm, mm, yeah. and he he crawled out the city with a kid hanging from his mouth. Yeah, yeah. He had like a giant extendo mouth. It was grim. But um obviously, all the people had drunk the wine and got the disease that this guy was trying to spread. So yeah. he says you've got five days um before you're going to die, or. F- when Less you first you go to asleep. sleep yeah. yeah if you go to sleep you're you're dead and yep. that's going to be a that's big fun. thing um but fortunately nick's character thinking that they were smarties had just bought a bunch of ecstasy some something <laughs> so, <X-Tablas>. yeah. <laughs> so that'll, that'll help i think <laughs> that Should help us out. it was weird because I, I i knew obviously that the disease thing was coming and i was like he's buying these now and i'm like that is that's weird it's almost as if you knew nope. you know what i mean no idea but you never know yeah, yeah. You never know. You never people, know what you uh, might need. People will always find. That's why people keep weird shit. Sean, he's the he's the master of keeping weird stuff. Actually, James is pretty good. James T as well. He had a bit of grease on him, didn't he? Well, I remember because because I'm so used to playing with you guys. One of the first times I was a player in recent years, <laughs> yeah. I played um, Trail of Cthulhu. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I looked in the fridge and I was like, I "Only frozen sausages." And I got one Because I'm like, <laughs> you never know when that might come in handy. I don't know either. what I was going to use it for, but I was going to you find. You'd right, rather take it than not. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but that's the D&D campaign. That's where we're at at the moment. So we're sort of starting the next story arc, in yeah. it, with this disease plot line. Town's in lockdown. The king's like, no, we can't let this disease spread. So we're not allowed to leave the confines of the town. And we've got basically five days, lest we fall asleep to uh, A, save Dee Dee's son, and B, save the town. Yeah, and yeah, try and find a cure. So find a cure, yeah. Should be fun, hopefully. Mm. I'm going to try and do each session as a day. Wicked. So I yeah. think that might be oh, fun. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, that's good. Cool. Yeah! <laughs> That lowers your attack points because you're scared. I wanted to talk about aces and bloody eights. Oh mate, I've gotten well into this, so I just bought aces and eights, which is, huge. is A really old role-playing game by Kenzer and Company. They're the people that did Hackmaster, uh, and not only is it very difficult to find, it's usually about an hundred quid for the book. Wow. Um, some bloke on Facebook sold it for. £20. Pounds. Um, Nick's just showed me a piece of artwork. Well, the, one of the cool things about this is it's all actual photos say, and artwork photographs yeah. from the time. Wow. Um, it's a beautiful, beautiful full-colour book great throughout. Nick as well. And I think I got every single printed material for it ever made for 20 quid. That's <laughs> insane. It's like, it was like one of the deal-of-a-lifetime It's moments. that really nice, glossy paper that's keeps mm, as well. It's good. Yeah. It's good shit. Really so, good. Um, Aces and ace essentially is a somewhat historically accurate Sort of cowboy western game, right? And the the thing is, it's like a a sort of the reason it's called the Shattered Frontier is because after the Civil War, all five um, America split into five different factions. So you've got Texas as its own country, Mm -hmm. the USA as its own country, yeah. Other places that I can't remember, <laughs> but the, yeah, the good thing about this is it's kind of a simulationist type game. Yeah, yeah. It means combat is slow, but it's really fun because action is broken down into the tenth of a second. <laughs> so and good. what you do is you know you roll your initiative, and when you get your turn, you announce you know what you're doing, and it'll be like so turning. You use hexes and turning to the right. That will be one count, which yep. is a tenth of a second, and that means things can go off at the same time. Yeah, um, things take a different amount of count. So a good example is the Um, Colt single action army which is like the best revolver ever made if you pull that out but you've got one with the short barrel Mm -hmm. you can draw it quicker but it's less accurate Uh, but if you've got the really long barrel right it'll take longer to draw but you be more accurate when shooting so it's a a good risk reward type class even all the bullets yeah, yeah. So of bullets, all of the, the, the pictures of the guns are real pictures wow. from the time as well. Really cool. It's really cool, and yeah. the, the shooting is is awesome because it uses something called a shot clock. And what you do is you you actually take a silhouette. It comes with a bunch I've of never silhouettes. Never seen anything like it before. Yeah, and it'll be like a cowboy standing there with his gun and like like a little shooting gallery you put the you aim the shot clock over it then you roll a dice pull a card it's and like it tells a, you where you it's hit it's like a it's like a see through do you remember like the overhead projectors at school yeah. when you used to have like a see through kind of um, sheet and it sits on top doesn't it well, yeah, and it's quite clever because if you, if there's cover, all mm-hmm. you do is place a cover object yeah, on the image or a window. You actually get a small window that you can place over the silhouette of the guy you're shooting at, and then the shot clock goes over the top. It's cracking. It's, it's really really, really clever. Yeah. Um. It, it, yeah. It does mean combat takes a little while, but the thing is, what you got to remember is that getting shot once in this could prove cool. deadly because yeah. what could happen? You get shot in the arm, you get an infection, you, yeah, die. you die. So so, game so game. Yeah. it's a game where combat doesn't happen that often, or at least it's a last resort yeah and a couple of the cool things that came with it that i really really like there's one there see the one with the black stripes on it um that is called rustlers and townsfolk and it's for one of the uh, locations in the game and it is literally just a whole book full of npcs no way i've never seen so many npcs see, in and it's, it's printed like a book like it's got a book got... binding yeah but it's just a, a bunch of sheets of npcs that is incredible. so if you ever need to populate somewhere you just you just pull one of those out. These guys, Kenzo, is it? Kenza. Kenza. Um, kind of remind me, like, they've got a kind of a DCC feel. You know when they cover you for everything. They've yeah, got, yeah, like, yeah. If you need it, they've got it. They've made it. This is really It's very cool. clever as well, because the shot clock thing actually... Um, Did this guy just leave this in his loft forever? It's in immaculate condition. Must have done, yeah. <laughs> God, sorry. <laughs> well, shot the shot clock thing, it kind of... Um, Means that you avoid piracy as well, because you because you can't. Oh yeah, you can't make that. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. And then yeah, there's so I've got uh, yeah the um, the NPCs. There's there's a couple of adventures there. I got a a a book with Yeah, exactly. But I've got an extra book in there called um, the Shootist's Guide as well, which includes um, rules for big game hunting and um, new silhouettes. Yeah. Stuff. So really, really great stuff really really great you get loads of silhouettes where do the silhouettes live uh, in the shooters guide oh, right and then you just yeah, uh, yeah. photocopy them out yeah but, yeah yeah or you just use the ones that came with it so oh, look. Oh, that's another open one as well wow. yeah yeah more NPCs it's clever What's man that? train maps <laughs> I just I couldn't believe my luck when I got this bundle man all that I don't it's insane that what it? he had did it no definitely not <laughs> yeah that's the shooters oh, guys Oh, you get two, mate, that yeah means. so that one's the big game one so that's if you want to shoot a ball or whatever and then the other one's the, the shot clock and then there's another one for shotguns as well oh I yeah mean, it's really simple isn't it so you roll a dice then you draw a card and then that determines what quadrant yeah, of the shot clock a you are in 25 is always a bullseye so right. 25 with bonuses so to, to give an example you could you can advance on somebody and some revolvers if you're 5 feet away that will mm-hmm. give you a plus 8 right, so, yeah. so realistically you need to hit a much smaller number on your d20 got ya. Um, but then there's certain other you know modifiers and things like this but yeah it's so it's, many silhouettes someone being cool, held hostage yeah yeah so, oh, so yeah, double-sided as well <laughs> so you might yeah the one with the hostage it's got a side on view and a front on view and like you could try to aim for the guy's head but if you miss you know oh, that's uh, it you might shoot the wrong person guy laying prone <laughs> yeah yeah it's really cool And he's play this game I. it's definitely it's definitely going to be the one i use in my uh next next campaign almost yeah, certainly but, yeah so i love cool. it I really, really love it. I love it. It looks fantastic. It really does. And I would also recommend to check out uh, the guy that wrote it, Jolly Blackburn, which is a great name. So great. Um, he has a YouTube channel, and I would highly recommend checking it out and the website for this game because they're proper nineties. Is it still support? Is it still going? Not really. Uh, there's a reloaded, reloaded oh. version, but it, yeah, all of um, Jolly Blackburn's YouTube. It's like. It's like a guy that's just discovered Windows Media Maker, you know, and it's fantastic. Oh, was that the video I watched? Yeah, 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 it's cracking. It's really good though. He uses he uses all the transition effects, the classics yeah, yeah. from the 90s. Oh yeah, I think that's enough about Aces and Eights. I'll well, tell you what, we'll do a full episode on it. Cause I it is, absolutely have to. It looks fantastic. It's a great game. I've been reading it recently, and I, I love it. But yeah, if anyone can get their hands on an original copy it. of the the classic um, Shattered Frontier version, get it because it's awesome. Mm. Alright, let's go on to the main subject. Oh yeah! Main. Subject. Magic. Main. Subject. Tokyo. Main. Subject. What happens when you make a game so thoroughly researched and so close to the truth that the Secret Service raids your home thinking you're up to no good. (laughs) Well today we're talking about that very book, GURPS Cyberpunk by Steve Jackson Games. Was this book really dangerous to national security? Today we intend to find out you excited, Nick? I am excited. I'm <laughs> yeah. excited. Sure. This is, um, yeah, so it, this story is a, is a bit weird and takes a few turns. It's got a few couple of things to okay. keep track of, so yeah. just bear that in mind. Right. The year is 1990. Steve Jackson's GURPS game is reaching peak popularity. Will Smith is becoming a thing, and the internet, along with computers, are entering more and more homes. The internet back then, though, wasn't the one we know today. It was a scary place full of hackers, dirty pictures, and viruses, <laughs> or so many people thought. <laughs> yeah. And Steve Jackson receives a a proposal from a man called Lloyd Blakenship to write a cyberpunk setting book for Steve's GURPS game. But why should this nobody be writing RPG books? Well, Blakenship wasn't just anyone. He was an expert in software engineering and a hacker who belonged to the hacker collective The Legion of Doom. Not the wrestling tag team. No. (laughs) (laughs) He might have been both, I don't know. Maybe he was that guy as well. (laughs) I like wrestling and hacking. Those are my things. (laughs) Yeah, pretty cool. And his online handle was The Mentor. Oh, dear. In the 80s, The Mentor was arrested for hacking crimes, (laughs) the the details of which are difficult to find. But after he was arrested, he wrote a famous essay called The Conscience of a Hacker, now known as The Hacker Manifesto. In this short essay, Lloyd talks about why he became a hacker, why he does what he does, and how hacking gave him a sense of belonging, and ends with a rather brilliant paragraph, which I'll read now. This is our world now. The world of the electron and the switch. The beauty of the board. We make use of a service already existing without paying for what could be dirt cheap if it wasn't run by profiteering gluttons and you call us criminals. (laughs) We explore and you call us criminals. We seek after knowledge and you call us criminals. We exist without skin colour, without nationality, without religious bias and you call us criminals. You build atomic bombs, you wage wars, you murder, you cheat and lie to us and make us believe it's for our own good. Yet we're the criminals. (laughs) Yes, I am a criminal. My crime is that of curiosity. My crime is that of judging people by what they say and think, not what they look like. My crime is that of outsmarting you, something you will never forgive me for. I am a hacker. This is my manifesto. You may stop this individual, but you can't stop us all. After all, we're all alike. Let That's him, a rousing speech. It like the really Independence is. Independence Day speech. We will not go quietly into the night. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. It's quite angsty, though. I, yeah, um, I is. think he might have been young when he bless wrote him. it. Yes, yeah, bless it's pretty cool, Took though. He had metal on in the background while he was writing <laughs> Almost <laughs> <Yeah>. certainly. <laughs> yeah. This essay, though, was printed in an online magazine, Frack. What the fuck? Uh, and was quoted in the movie Hackers, and was shown on a poster in a film called The Social Network. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About Mark Zuckerberg. Could this right, come. And it was this heartfelt essay that led Blakenship to becoming a kind of early internet folk hero of sorts. <laughs> now, fast forward to 1989, Valentine's Day. Blakenship is sadly fired from his job as a software engineer. Now, he's been playing Gerps for a few years and is a huge fan of the system, so he writes to Steve Jackson a proposal for a cyberpunk toolkit setting book. Ooh. Speaking of this pitch, Blakenship, when interviewed, had this to say... I wrote up a nice proposal explaining to Steve what a great opportunity this was for him <laughs> yeah, for and him. the company. <laughs> and Steve, being a very wise man, saw that this was true. Some four weeks later, I was in. This is true. He, I, I, say what you like about Blake and Ship, but he does think that he's pretty great. He does, doesn't he? Uh, maybe he is great. Maybe we'll it, find out. We'll find out. <laughs> And so, Blakenship joined the company as managing editor. Now, as a quick side note, bear in mind that lots of tech was used in producing the RPGs and board games at the time, one of which was called Illuminati, and Steve Jackson chose to name his BBS after this game, and in charge of the BBS was Blakenship and and another guy from the Legion of Doom called Chris Goggins. (laughs) Now, BBSs, for those that don't (laughs) know, it means bulletin board system. They were sort of early messaging systems Mm -hmm. where users could also share files. As such, they were often used for illicit activities like trading illegal pornography or selling drugs. (laughs) Of course, there were many people using them innocently, but think about this. One of the world's most famous hackers joins a company with a fuckload of computers and a BBS called Illuminati. <laughs> <laughs> and w- yes. when logging into that BBS, you would be greeted with this message Greetings, mortal. You have entered the secret computer system of the Illuminati, the online home of the world's oldest and largest secret conspiracy. <laughs> So he's not, he's not making his life easy. No, he's not, is he? It, it just sound, it oh sounds so God. dodgy. Yeah, it does. And it made a joke that this was a shadow organisation fronted by Steve Jackson's games. <laughs> for fuck's sake. If you weren't technologically minded, this could seem like a dodgy operation. Yeah. Because we know that's just stupid internet humour. But it bear is. in mind, that wasn't so widespread at the time. Greetings, mortal. <laughs> Everyone took the internet for fact back then, because yeah, it was I mean, so look at, new. Look at the movie Tron oh my god and that's yeah. what people thought the inside of computers were like you know yeah, it's just yeah, so true <laughs> now as the secret service gained access to the BBS and started inspecting GURPS Cyberpunk and the Illuminati message board <laughs> they had trouble figuring out what was real and what wasn't <laughs> of course uh, the, the Illuminati board I think it was a game as well and yeah. a lot of it was game related or part of the game but they didn't know what was real so people were like I'm hacking into the mainframe or some shit <laughs> but it was just part of the game yeah. right So one day, Steve Jackson is chilling in the office when, bam, the Secret Service come knocking. And they're here to serve Steve with a warrant to raid his premises. And the reason for this is because they believe this company is making a manual for computer crime. Something one of the Secret Service agents actually said at the time. It's a manual for computer crime, boss. We gotta get that out of (laughs) here. You know what they could do with this? planes will be fallen from the sky traffic lights will be red all the time <laughs> yeah so that's what they thought the cyberpunk thing was oh, mate, they thought brilliant. yeah it was an actual manual although later probably after feeling quite stupid <laughs> yeah they did say that Steve Jackson games nor the GURPS books w- nor the GURPS books were the target of the raids right, right. Blake and Chip's house was also raided <laughs> and he remembers waking up at gunpoint <laughs> as secret service confiscated all of his electronic devices Probably like what back in the nineties, what we're we talking a fax machine, fax machine, a toaster, a microwave. <laughs> Take that toaster. He a system. It. Get that Sega Master System out of here. <laughs> <laughs> that toaster might be picking up a gun any minute. Anyway, although they later stated that the book was not targeted during the raids, the Secret Service seized a current draft of the game, two computers, and according to Steve Jackson, thousands of dollars worth of other equipment. Mm. Um, so, what was the real target of the raid? Well. The submission for the raid claims that Blakenship and and Chris Goggins, the other guy running the Illuminati board, were in possession of a stolen text file worth $79,000. Piss off. (laughs) A fucking floppy disk of text worth that much. Yeah, well. uh, What was it? it? You'll see, you'll see. I mean, and and bear in mind, it's definitely not worth (laughs) $79,000. So remember earlier we spoke about Frack, the online Mm. magazine. Well, in issue 24. They included a document detailing the internal workings of the 911 emergency service, right? right? So this particular document was hosted on a BBS called the Phoenix Project, which was also run by Goggins and Blakenship. Uh Uh-oh. So this take now this case took bloody forever to resolve and it was months and months before Steve Jackson got the original manuscript back and the company was in debt already and in dire need of getting a product out. And their bloody stuff back. Well exactly. (laughs) And so they quickly pieced the game back together using earlier drafts and got it out onto shelves but what about that $79,000 text document? (laughs) Well the government claimed it could be used to goof around with the 911 system (laughs) and of course judging by this whole mess you already know they have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> this document was a tiny few paragraphs long at best text document and it was less an overview of the 911 system and more a lazy glance in the direction of it <laughs> yeah I think it does some buttons that it was honestly <laughs> like that so you look at the fucking document and it's it's like the 911 emergency system um, calls are routed in this manner and or, or like if you call for emergency services you must say which emergency and then you will be directed to a department it's literally like that no it's, shit it, it, was, it was nothing right <laughs> But, additionally, the copying of the document was being equated to theft, right? But it really wasn't. It was a type of crime that was relatively new, and one courts and the government struggled to preside over. For example, that $79,000 figure came about because the 911 emergency service cost that much to set up. They could break it all. But they haven't done $79,000 worth of damage. They haven't even stolen something worth that amount of money. All they did was still a text document and because that system cost that much to that's how they came up that's uh, uh, That's how much much it's worth worth, which is (laughs) obvious (laughs) bollocks right oh my god And it's difficult to find any information about what became of this little notepad file and Blake and Chip's involvement in nicking it, but many sites claim that the Secret Service basically realised the document was basically nothing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But in the end, Steve Jackson ended up suing the Secret Service (laughs) for loss of revenue while the computers and manuscripts were in custody, and Steve Jackson Games was awarded 50k in statutory damages along with 250k in attorney fees. Wow, 300,000 total. Nice. Additionally, the judge reprimanded the Secret Service, calling their warrant preparation sloppy, <laughs> yeah. and said they needed better education regarding relevant statutes. <laughs> you ain't kidding! Triggered a load of out, out of touch. Tu- no, what it was was it was a load of out of touch. I hate. To, well, are we allowed to say boomers? Yeah, I guess it was. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like like guys from that generation that had nothing, and then anything computer or techie, they must have been like, it's the devil. Yeah, they just didn't... They had no idea what they were (laughs) doing. I I watched an old BBC documentary once where they were trying to track down a paedophile ring in Amsterdam, right? And... um, (laughs) Who did Secret Service? No, no, it was um, our MI5 or the uh, the uh, English version, right? And it was really funny because the... um, the uh, the documentary maker he goes to like the chief of police in Scotland Yard at the time and he's like he's like um so did you know these paedophiles are using BBS boards to trade um, illegal pornography and then the um this police guy's like yes we're aware of it but we can't gain access to the uh to the boards and he's like well I gained access to it and have all the passwords would you would you would you like that information the police the police chief's like oh yes we would uh, very much like that information <laughs> and it's like at the time people just were terrible at yeah. investigating computer. Crime. Because I had no idea about it, yeah. Try, yeah. try the password 123. Uh, I've seen this movie called Tron. I know like, how it works. All these hackers are riding around on motorbikes in the computers. We must shout at the system and they would come out. Get out of there, you bloody criminal. Get off that motorbike. I know and you're down. in there. You little bastard. <laughs> <laughs> That's the 90s. That's what it was That's like. the man. 90s, mate. So there was just like CPUs in jail cells. Now, they'll come out soon enough. <laughs> You're not getting out there like they're, they're putting little bowls of porridge underneath the bars. Command the... it to a CPU. But the funny thing about the, the uh, damages that were awarded to Steve Jackson, right, was that they they uh, obviously the Secret Service didn't pay out any damages. No, they just didn't no. because they they're never going to admit fault. No, of course not. So what about the actual book though? Well, of course, old Steve milked the controversy all he could. The cover <laughs> even says the book that was seized by the U.S. Secret Service. See page five. Oh, no. <laughs> In this page, Jackson talks about visiting the Secret Service's offices in Austin with his attorney and says this. They seem to make no distinction between fictional futuristic credit card theft using equipment that doesn't exist <laughs> and a modern real-life credit card fraud. A repeated comment by agents was, this is real. Now, I'll freely admit that this is the most realistic cyberpunk game ever released, but it won't make you into a console cowboy in one easy session. No. Yeah, it's true. It's like, oh, oh how, did you, um, how did you manage to rob the stock exchange? Oh, I read Steve Jackson's GURPS. I rolled a <laughs> dice on GURPS and then it just happened. <laughs> my was in my account. Know. It was really weird. Despite this, yeah, the fact the game's played with pen and paper. It's real. Yeah, and Steve Jackson goes on to say, to some law enforcement officers, anybody with any computer knowledge at all is suspect. And thus, <laughs> maybe the cyberpunk future is closer and darker than we think. <laughs> We're still waiting for it. Yeah yeah well I think yeah I think that was sort of that's the beginning yeah, right? yeah 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 it's people like this guy was a hacker and all he really did was he, he, he shit, was investigating computer systems and things like this that's about it but people saw him as it's just dangerous cuz they didn't know what it they was didn't get it's it. almost like the is like, a satanic, satanic panic. If an alien came to Earth now and was completely peaceful, you know the, the, the FBI and the Secret Service would beat the fuck out of it. Shoot because it. they don't it. understand. They ah! shoot it. <laughs> they put it in a shell, give yeah, it porridge. Exactly. Anyway, after all of this crap, the book, that, um, uh, in the, as in the cyberpunk book, is basically a well-informed toolkit for a cyberpunk game mm. using the GURPS system. I'm not going to go into detail because it's actually not that interesting. It's pretty basic, like, cyberpunk stuff. Is it's it the got, one you've showed me when it's like a, a catalogue? It kind of is. Um, it, it's it's basically it's a bunch of it's a toolkit. Yeah, it yeah, tells yeah. you how to run the setting, different types of cyberpunk settings. It's got cyber. It's basically everything you'd expect from a cyber right. so cyberpunk yeah. toolkit. Right. You know, it's fine, it's fine, mm-hmm. but it's just not that interesting. Yeah. It contains info on well-designed hacking called net running cyberware. Basically, anything right that yeah. you you would expect, mm-hmm. and it's informed by a guy who lived a primitive version of. The netrunner lifestyle. Ooh. Who also had a keen interest in science fiction. It's not a manual for any uh, anything other than playing a sci-fi subgenre. <laughs> Before we close the story out, you may be interested to know this isn't even the first time this type of raid has happened. Oh, for fuck's sake! TSR, now Wizards of the Coast, were also raided for their game called Top Secret. <laughs> <laughs> it's real <laughs> shit. This says there's top, top secret. secrets in there. Here's the funny thing, right? It was an espionage game. In January 1980, the authority, the, the authorities received a tip off about a plot against an American businessman in Beirut. This man's name was William Weatherby, an NPC from the top secret role playing game. <laughs> That's kids having a lark, with it? Yeah, yeah, Well, I don't know. It was. It, I think it's included in the top secret book. We well, have yeah. got the box actually. We'll probably review it at some point. We but could. of course, the FBI soon found out that William Weatherby was no more real than you know uh ghosts fucking like big bird yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um yeah so they left TSR alone but it just shows how thick the authorities can be i mean that was a pretty pretty quick little main subject there but the thing it's about it nice, is I, like it. I think it just it it was it's kind of funny like just how how unbelievably stupid they it's are! Worrying though. So that original finished draft of the cyberpunk game is just lost to time. I don't think they actually. Oh, ever they got never it back. gave it back. No, the the current one it, they the had to piece it stuff. together from they had to piece it together from like other older drafts. Older drafts, right, yeah. so there's been some really good work in there that they couldn't get. Yeah, back. yeah. Wow. I think I think it's it's a book worth checking out simply because all that the snippets I gave in there are very much just a small snippet of the funniest parts of what Steve Jackson said yeah. but it's got a big nice little bit about it about the whole debacle and it's very very funny awesome. the whole thing Um, in retrospect at the time I'm sure it was fucking annoying oh my god I bet yeah is uh, well they survived old Steve Jackson still going yeah yeah and Blake and Ship is, is still going I don't think he yeah. ever went to jail or anything like this but I'm fairly certain because he was arrested before for hacking crimes but it's difficult to find details of his life but right. the whole hacker manifesto that essay he wrote yep. it's less than a page right, so right. it can barely be considered an essay but it's really an interesting read Yeah, and he talks about how he, he was bullied in school he never felt like he belonged and then suddenly he realised he had a talent for hacking and the it it was like this whole world of digital wonder got opened yeah, up to him. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, but what I, I, th- I found interesting about this story was that I literally just thought, oh, Steve Jackson was sitting there writing a game one day, and then suddenly, bam, people come through his. With door. guns, like, like the Cyberpunk thing. I mean, that's what the TSR thing was. Yeah, that was really funny. short. That's but, funny. But the thing about it is, is that it realistic. It, it kept taking twists and turns. I oh. didn't expect. I was just like. He was like the most famous hacker in the world, a group called the Legion of Doom. Yeah, do you know what I mean? It's wicked. I love the fact that he lost his job for, uh, this, I don't know, maybe hacking. And so he sent Steve a letter saying how much he needs this and got a fucking job. Yeah. I wish I was an expert on something. I'd send Steve Jackson Yeah, a I might send Steve Jacko a letter as well. Just make like... a make a setting about uh, being an electrician. Should we try it? Well, you should. You're the electrician. That's true. So what could I say? I could say? I could be like... I'll give you more voltage in your house. More power means more destruction. It'll be like advantage. Yeah, <laughs> it has the right tools for the job. Disadvantage <laughs> oh, does not. Steve-O. what a guy? Yeah. So um, yeah, shout out to Blakenship oh, there. Blake and well Ship. done. What's the other guy? Gu- gubbins. Go, go, Gobbo Gob. I don't know go, no, Goggins <laughs> that Goggins, was it that Goggins was it. part of the Phoenix Project <laughs> Phoenix Project yeah so that's GURPS Cyberpunk I'll che- yeah as I say check out the book and um, have a little read into the Hacker Manifesto it's an interesting little read love it see you later laters oh no we've got another segment coming up shut up <laughs> <laughs> insane in the membrane brain in the oven insane in the membrane brain in the oven Welcome to Brain in the Oven. So back when uh, I used to work at a... Uh, oh, well, better not say who it was, but I worked at a company. We used to do this game where we would translate song lyrics and uh, then retranslate them back into English. And, of course, Google Translate goofs it all up. And Insane in the Membrane became Brain in the Oven. Yeah. And what I've done here is I've translated the backs of role-playing games, and Nick has to guess which ones they are. And I, wanna, I just want to say I put this through the translate bin... You know, yeah. at least 20 or 30 oh, times. Wow. They're really goofed up. Wow, okay. So let's go for the first one. Through the dark blue skies, above the throne with weapons and warriors, high buffalo, hot lounges, and the defeated aces and games. A fun game about the far west, the everyday, the story of potential west, aces and heights. In his words, actions and history. <laughs> that's, that's aces and eights. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. I thought I'd start out with an easy one. Good, good. Next one. Enter the fascinating world of the Newton-Fritz River. Home to the famous Lankama and the famous heroes of Fafad and Grey Mouse. Get ready to fight the members of the foggy artificial intelligence party. <laughs> Exchange blood for the pro for the plats of dark joy <laughs> and offer seven points to see the wisdom of Ninja Bull and Ares shelver. Check it out. This is possible with Dan Lankama. <laughs> like- and offer seven points. It sounds quite it sounds quite good. Is this right actually? I would be like I'll be interested. That's Lankma. Okay, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> it changed Lankmar to Lankama and I don't know why. But yeah, I didn't think it'd be that easy. The, the funny thing is, what this reminds me of, I saw an experiment once where they had a computer generate poetry, <laughs> and then people write poetry, and had people sort of see if they could tell which was which, and people couldn't tell the difference. <laughs> so this, I should, I should put this like into poetry format yeah, and just yeah, release yeah. it, and yeah, see, yeah. see if people like it. All <laughs> right, this stuff. one, this one's a real hard one. Okay. So you might have to have a little brain think on oh, this right. one. The amount of money is a multimedia system that describes all of the financial plan. <laughs> Think you heard this exchange is to Newman era? Astronauts, <laughs> astronauts, GM and GM De Bentel, a smart handmade by GM. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking. No. I don't know what De Bentel is. De Bentel, what the hell? The amount of money in this multimedia system that describes all, all of, of the financial plan. plan. I have no idea what this one is. Astronaut, astronaut. Astronaut, astronaut. Space, money. I don't, I think. I, I don't th- know, I'm stuck. I'm past. All right, have a wild stab in the dark. Uh, all right, uh, wild stab. The amount of money in the. Let's exchange. You're listening to the 3C RPG podcast. <laughs> astronaut, astronaut. It is a sci fi game, it's Traveller. No, you're wrong. Uh, that was cipher system. Was it really? Yeah, so it's <laughs> changed the word cipher to the amount of money. I don't. I have no idea. It's a multimedia system. Um, so wait, it changed Newman era, because it was originally Newman era, oh, yeah, 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 to yeah. the Newman era. <laughs> how the fuck does it do this? Astronaut, astronaut. It changed a made up word. I don't get how it does it, but there you go. And ask Google Translate for Very good. So that was brain in the oven. Um, yeah, I, it's just, a, that was a weird one, man. I love it next up we're going to get into some electro bloody letters in the future you will be able to send a letter or parcel from anywhere on the planet this sir is the electro letter so electro letters this this month, this episode, we asked you for your um, biggest rip-offs and the best buys best you've ever got in, in the RPG hobby. Yeah. And people came out in droves for mm, this one. This rigid. is why we, we kept the rest of the episode a little bit short sure, because mm. this is going to be slightly longer. Mm-hmm. Luis Pineda, he says, custom dice seem to be the biggest rip-off. Whether it's a game's specific dice or special coloured dice, <laughs> I'm paying the cost of a good bottle of rum for a dice set. Just one set. No. No. What do you think of that? We'll get to the rest of his message. But yeah. you know, that that's a big turn off for me when I see a game that has a proprietary dice system. Oh mate. We've already like, well yeah, we've already spoke about it before with bloody tails. Tales of Tales from the Loop is the most heinous <laughs> example because you they're just themed dice yep. and they cost more than a pound for a D6, right? Q Workshop are pretty bad. You reckon? Yeah, because they do like Cthulhu dice, and they're not. Oh, Cthulhu I hate dice. those. Yeah. You know what they look like Yeah, they're those just are horrible. slightly artistically done, like a Cthulhu style, and they'd be fifteen quid. Well, and like also the Vampire the Masquerade, right? The the Modiphius are terrible for this because yeah. they always create proprietary dice systems. Wasteland Warfare has its own dice system. Yeah. yeah. Fucking Gen Lab has its own mm-hmm. dice system. You know that you need to buy the dice for. Do, and they yeah. got the rights to mag- not Magic the Gathering, Vampire the Masquerade. Yes. And what did they do? They made it their its own dice system. Of course. Not to mention, they they split the books into three now, right? So it costs 110 quid just for the books when I got the old one, which is still playable for 20 quid. And your D12s were good as gold. Yes, exactly. D10s. D10s, sorry. Yeah. yeah. And um, now they've got their own little dice system. So you need, not only have you spent 120 110 quid on Think the Think you're ready to play? No. No way. And you need those dice. <laughs> yeah, nice. so it's a bit bit of a joke, really. And yeah. I, I completely agree with that. I, I hate. I do. I hate. Um, In Gen Lab Alpha, mm. at least what you could... Because what I did is I bought a bunch of the... You need coloured dice. That's They right. sell a pre-made set if mm-hmm. you can't be bothered to make your own. But I just got a bunch of uh the right coloured dice That's and right, then yeah. just marked them with a sharp Exactly, yeah. But yeah. Um, he continues, Louis Panader, and he says... Beat Value, I think you means best value. <laughs> yeah. Beat Value, Savage Worlds Books. My oldest daughter wanted to play with her friends, so she wanted her own books. I bought the core book, horror, fantasy, sci-fi, superpowers companion, all of them for under $60. Ooh. You can't even get two, in D- two D&D books for that much. You're absolutely right. Yeah, you're not wrong there. No. Yeah, um, Sandwich worlds is great value for money. Mm. Uh, now, it's 30 quid for the core book, which is infinitely usable. But Deluxe, when that was out, it was a tenner oh, mate, for the book. Tenner. That was the best. A tenner. I mean, do you know what? It was great that it... Do you know what I think they should do? They should like obviously I, I i happily pay 30 pound for the new book i think yeah, it's yeah. very well put together it's lovely hardback but do you imagine if they could do if they did like a softback like like the old version but a cheaper one yeah i think they should do that after a time after when the, say, time. When the s- sales have like died down for the new edition just release a little a softback pocket a smaller edition. one pocket yeah edition, and exactly then just and so release for century, it for a nice yeah, budget price 15 quid and then that way you're um... You, you, you're still getting into that market because one of the best of things about Savage Wars is I'd often buy copies of Deluxe and give it to my yeah, mates if yeah. I thought that they would get into yeah. the game and know? now everybody in our group has got a copy of the rules I'm sure they have. and that is a rare thing Yeah. you know often players don't buy the books and also yeah now whenever we play Savage Wars everyone Everyone's comes got up with got their book battered now, because but it was got... so affordable yeah. I've got three and yeah. they're all battered hey <laughs> Timothy Pierre, he says, Biggest rip-off was the latest Cyberpunk editions as they literally use photos of Barbies for art. Have you ever seen those? I think you've shown me before. Yeah, so Cyberpunk it? 2030 or whatever yeah, it was. So yeah. It started out with 2020, but it was like the third edition onwards. What it is, like, the artist, who's was like a photographer or whatever, got Barbies, right? Then shaved, you know, Mohicans, <laughs> made little <laughs> Cyberpunk arms. Eyes and arms, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. gave them, like, little swords and things, and that was the artwork, and it's oh, like... wow. I get the punk aesthetic that you've gone sort of for an outsider art type kind of style, but it was, it looked really cheap and tacky. There's a certain kind of, I mean, when I think cyberpunk, I think black and white art. You know the style I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, like line art. Line art, precisely. And I just, I don't know, anything other than that, I don't know, maybe it don't feel right. The fucking, the vampire. Um, LARP rules are pretty funny for that because oh. it's people in costumes with like those really shitty plastic <laughs> vampire teeth, yeah. like they're wearing like to... a leather jacket and oh. Oh. They're, they're like trying to look cool, but it looks so that lame. Bad, yeah. Never have photos. <laughs> I think that's that's I one of I think right. Yeah, yeah. Um, he he continues and he says, "Best value Dungeon Crawl Classics RPG core book for forty dollars for a hardcover. Yeah. That is all you need mm-hmm. compared to Five E, where each book costs more singularly than one DCC book." Can agree more. Yeah, I mean the DCC is. We've talked about it enough, but mm. it, so here it's twenty five pounds mm-hmm. for a soft cover, yep. and it's, it's got everything in there. Every five hundred page book, it's massive. I think it shows that some companies are taking the piss. Greedy bastards! Bit. They know that they've got. I, I bet they've been rubbing their hands together since there's been an RPG revival as well. Oh, you shameless bastards! Well, yeah, exactly. Right, <laughs> like, like since D and D's got really popular and like cool and mainstream. Yeah, it's like well, we can charge hundred quid for. Three books that equate to one DCC book. You know, we know you mugs buy them, and I did, and we did. Is, <laughs> yeah, but I hate. In it. my defence, I used birthday money <laughs> to get it. Wait, do you know but what? It's it, it's worth it. As in the game, it's a good right, game. But yeah, they they could but easily. They know exactly what they're doing. They could charge. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. But they could. They could probably charge the same amount for DCC. You know, for the for the three books they if they, they combine it into one big tome or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they don't. No. Where's the dagger? Yeah, it's right here. It's right here. It's right here. Give me the dagger. Thank you. Matthew Jones, he says, any company that charges the same amount for the PDF as they do for the physical book, that really annoys me. Oh, yeah. Mate, the worst fucking one for that was, um, do you remember Barrow Maze, that mega dungeon adventure, right? Um, The the book is 50 quid, right? Because he claims, uh, and I'm sorry if I'm sounding ungrateful here, but he claims that because it's got like 2,000 rooms, Mm. right? That, that it's worth that amount of money, which is ridiculous. He monetised the rooms. Yeah, for, for an adventure, <laughs> like, 50 p like, room, like, 50p mate. a room, 50p <laughs> yeah, yeah. per yeah. room. a and, and it's like, yeah, so he's done that, but then the PDF was 45. Fuck right up. And off. it's like, okay, it's a very well-written adventure, but the thing is, is that it was smaller than a setting book, probably mm. took less work aside from the mapping, which I don't even know. But mm. point is, is that, yeah, and it's he's charging 50 quid. No naughty. If really? I didn't want to run it so much, I wouldn't have bought it. Yeah, but yeah. it's not it. It should be, and um, Leisure Games does this, which is fantastic for the majority of their products. Is if you buy a physical copy, you get the PDF for free. Yeah, I think that I think that, what I think I that should You've be standard. The physical version of it. What it was, I can't remember. It might have been a Goodman Games product, but it had in the cover like a QR code. Yeah. that gave you a free PDF. copy. So of the PDF, because I think what, what often happens, I buy physical books, right? Yeah, from say a shop or uh-huh. from Amazon and then I'll contact the publisher and be like I, I need the PDF because I just want to print certain pages Yeah, or you want to you do the snipping tool to put it in your notes exactly your notes. Yeah. right and then um, they'll be like no you have to buy it uh, again arseholes but, uh, the, uh, the, somebody says something about this later actually but um, yeah and uh, Matthew Jones also says always worth the money Savage World's core book yes yes absolutely Another one. Can't, can't, can't argue with that he's got a general question but we'll get to that later mm-hmm. um, Uncle Jay Raz he says so Invisible Sun from Monty Cook Games is $250 Mm. everyone that I've encountered that plays it loves it okay I will say this, have you ever noticed, like, there's that sort of buyer's remorse, or it's like the opposite of buyer's remorse, where somebody will buy something, and you always see it with the launch of a new console, right, and people are playing the, the really shite launch games, they'll be like, oh, no, it's wicked, mate, oh, it's, it's really a, good. And it's through gritted teeth, it's the best. Yeah, f- <laughs> a few months down the line, they'll be like, "Fucking hell, oh, fuck I, I think hated it. it, yeah. I think there's probably a lot of that with that, Yeah. invisible sound. We must enjoy this game, because it's so expensive. I don't think any RPG can be $250 good. No. You know what I mean? I mean, Because no. the thing is, you, you, you may have... Like, I Over the years, I've spent more than $250 on RPG books and probably for the same system a lot of the time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing is, that's all supplementary material for a system. The system itself costs $250. Yeah, you're right, yeah. Right, And you get a lot of shit with it. But one of the things that pissed me off about it was has eight hundred cards. That's too many to deal with, yeah, right? Yeah. In say, for example, Wise Guys has got a couple of decks with it, but uh-huh. eight hundred. Oh, having to deal with eight hundred cards. Oh God, wait a minute, guys! I just got to find this card. Wait a minute, it's too many. It's too much. That's too many to have on a table. Yeah. Um, Uncle Jay continues, and he says. Um, I'm going to say Modifius is bad about charging $25 for special sets of dice, <laughs> like their Star Trek ones. $25 for five dice. Yeah, that's a rip-off. Yeah, we, we yeah, Modiphius, they're naughty. We're noticing some patterns. Yeah, we but are. Modifius do make some good stuff. Yeah, right? no, yeah, definitely. Recently, Not denying that. I'm getting kind of annoyed with the stuff they're releasing, like, it's a lot of licensed stuff. It's Solas weaker. Kind of stuff. It's weaker than their old stuff. Yeah, like, the, the, all of the, the Mutant series mm. is so good. Original stuff. I'm that's... Free League, isn't it? It's technically free leg. But Mob are just a publisher. So, yeah, company. they're a publisher, right, so I guess yeah. they're just a shitty publisher. They're, just they're, they're, just like they're the, the, agent, the EA they? yeah, of the exactly. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Terry Hansen says biggest rip-off, paying for the rules modules on virtual tabletops. Preach, brother. Yeah. Um, especially when they cost as <laughs> much, much as, as the printed, printed rule- fucking rulebook. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when the big D twenty games use the SRD rule set published online. Yeah, I had to buy the um. What did I have to buy? Uh, I bought the Call of Cthulhu for. Roll twenty and and fantasy uh, uh fantasy grounds, I believe, and it costs a lot of money. Uh, luckily, i got them in the sale, but it's still like twenty five quid. That is a piss take, yeah. And it's just to be able to play a bloody game. Yeah, fucking um. Somebody mentions later the D and D Beyond. You know that one that that really cringe theme tune. Oh my god, yeah. Um, now I think yeah, I think somebody mentions that later, so we we'll get into that. But that's gonna surprise you. Okay. <laughs> but um, Terry Hansen, he also says best deal. The Trove Say no more I don't think we're allowed we Let's w- not elaborate on that That's a naughty I'll tell you what though If You know what I was saying earlier About when you You, you own a game mm-hmm. And you just want a PDF You've already got the bloody book You've given the company money And you yeah, want the PDF exactly If you wanted to use the Trove For that purpose Which is what I don't do And would never do Never ever But in a fictional way In a fictional world You could do that I could do that Yeah Right We love the Trove um, Yorcus Rex Biggest rip off big name companies using piss poor printers <laughs> I just paid 60 bucks for this book it better not start falling apart after a year of casual use I'm looking at you fucking Shadowrun R. Oh, Talothorian the people that make cyberpunk yeah. be careful when that new one comes out because they make fucking shitty quality same books same as Shadowrun don't you remember Catons? Shadowrun yes. the fucking spine broke and we hadn't even used the book yeah exactly it'd been sat on my shelf for a yeah. bit and the, the pages fell out of oh, the spine it was it a terrible joke. terrible and that was expensive as well I do agree as well like there are some books that I see on drive Through RPG where it's like you can get the uh, standard printing mm. right or the deluxe printing mm. and a standard is so blurry and shit it's really bad it's like that's not standard it shouldn't be an option that, it's it below should, par you can yeah, either have the, be the below par edition or the, or the normal edition normal version, yeah. deluxe like to have the pages and the art be readable and nice shouldn't be deluxe it's, that shouldn't be a deluxe feature exactly <laughs> Um, he says, uh, "Yorkus Rex says, biggest value, publishers that hook you up free PDFs of their print material. Yes. Hell yeah. Best of both worlds. Now I can carry my entire gaming library on a tablet, saving both my back and those poorly printed hardcovers from wear and tear. Yeah, absolutely, Yorcus. Sid Andrews says, I think bigger RPG publishing companies kind of rip us off with their book prices. Yep. I know that it seems printing... I know that printing books costs money and that staff gets paid and all of that, but sometimes it seems like they put out books just to give you something to buy. It isn't necessary for their game. Mm-hmm. Wizards of the Coast was notorious for publishing their in the Wizards of the Coast was notorious for their publishing in the third edition era. They had at least one book released every month, usually two that and that went on for a few years. Oh. At least thirty dollars each. Ooh. That adds up. I know you don't have to buy them all, but I don't think they needed to have that many books. Yeah, but all about the poor collectionists exactly you know, because I'm like that oh what is it I've got one missing from my set now I, I hate that it. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it was the same people. with Lankmar for DCC like I was pretty happy with my Savage Worlds Lankmar yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. Uh, but then I was like but I own all the other box sets so yeah. oh I gotta get it yeah and and he carries on saying and didn't Paizo actually sell a deluxe version of their playtest rules for Pathfinder Whoa. 2 I, I might have bought those I thought I th- uh, I don't know what I thought. <laughs> I was so excited. No, I was, I, know I, was I was caught up in the mania. In oh, the yeah. hyper-mania. Yeah. Look at this. Look how pristine it is. It's never been opened. Pathfinder oh, that's the book, no. And that, that you could use the rules. Oh, it's there. So what, is this not finished then? no all the artwork is like sketches but it is a pretty well thought out book it's not bad though but it was a chance for people to play the game and playtest it but I don't think they should have charged for it it should have been PDF only it should have been PDF only or they should have been like do you want to playtest it to let us know if it was any good or not why don't you try this PDF for us (laughs) yeah yeah, selling them as a book I mean (laughs) yeah that's a that's a bit dodgy isn't it yeah Yeah. Um, so yeah that's I completely agree the playtest selling was a was a bit of a joke because usually they send out, you know, PDFs. I, th- I think D&D did that. Well, they didn't, yeah, because yeah, they what they call it, a, d- a test drive. Uh, Savage Wells did didn't it with the new rules, and it was just a free PDF wasn't it, yeah, and it. Yeah, and it had, whatever. like, demos of the new yeah, shit, and exactly. people could give feedback. That that makes sense. Like, with the Pathfinder playtest, what if they just gave some pregens and an adventure where you could try out the new magic, the go. new classes? And there was a the ball mate, and someone mentioned that, and I was like, that's a very good idea, and the head was like, oh, we could make another book yeah yeah they could make book oh almost uh, they probably had like sunk loads of money into the development of the game yeah and yeah and they yeah, need yeah. to reap it back so yeah. they were like we could sell the playtest to idiots like Harrison yeah he would buy it and then we release the book again and make <laughs> more money I didn't buy a second edition in the end so <laughs> fuck you do you know what you should go to freaking Paizo and be like yo I want you to change my playtest that I've playtested for the proper one now because I've paid my money <laughs> yeah 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 so. I paid 25 quid for rules and I got a, pl- I got a demo yeah um, Daniel Owen he says biggest rip off gotta go with novelty dice yeah. yep he's absolutely right mm-hmm. they are really only good for one game cough Genesis cough <laughs> and then they might as well go in the bin they're in trouble aren't they Genesis what would they do no I think isn't um, this whole thing to fancy flight games like making games anymore Oh, really? Yeah, I need to look into it. I've only seen it on socials, so I don't really know. I feel sorry that. for all the other guys on the Nerds International Network who got yeah, right into yeah, that. Fucking Tony and Chris are making a whole podcast oh, about no, it. Oh, bless them. I think I don't know if that... that Genesis might be all right, but for as far as I'm aware, a T, a TSR own Genesis, right? No, it's... Like Fantasy Flight Games, Fantasy story. Flight Games. Yeah, they're not making products anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I no, that. That does make me I'm laugh because sure they I were saying, that. like, that the, Jamie, who's the boss of this network, was saying, like, this is the only role-playing game you ever need. Mm. I need to double check that. I could be absolutely wrong but I'm sure there's something going on there that is very funny yeah (laughs) and Daniel Owen he says the best investment five pounds for a gay a a gay (laughs) for a gay day out for a gay day (laughs) out with the three T's. So yep. <laughs> um, five pounds for a day of gaming at SavageCon. Con. Aww. can't say fairer than that, yeah. Yeah, it's true. Okay, I can stop trying to promote it now. No, you can't. No, carry on, carry man. on, mate. Continue, we need it. mate. We need you, mate. We Savage need you. SavageCon, Red Hill, 18th of April. It's gonna be bad. Come along, it's gonna be bad. In the good way. In the nineties way. <laughs> yeah. Okay, do we, we, so we're getting through these. We're flying. We got some. Um, we got some general questions in later, but we'll get to those. David Porter, he says, first place D and D Beyond. This is the one I was talking about. <laughs> earlier. Yeah. Are you too lazy? to look something up and write it down would you be willing to pay full price again just because you can't be bothered to find the index in your player's handbook <laughs> then D&D Beyond is for you way to drive your market straight to pirated PDFs wizards I like this guy <laughs> yeah so D&D Beyond is a D&D app you can use it for tracking your character like many other free apps or yeah. you can use it for looking shit up in the book like many other free, free apps, apps yeah. right because I've got a fucking I say you use that all the time I've got a d and uh, SRD system reference document app and I just look at look it's up good. whatever the fuck fr- yeah and it doesn't yeah i i got DD beyond when i got the uh, the new dnd yeah and um went onto my mobile and was like oh, sweet i get a free a free copy of the and then i read it and i was like no i get a free half price digital copy on an app <laughs> it, i was just like fuck man that is awful oh, that's tragic wizards stop it stop it wizards more like fucking rogues Gizards. am I right <laughs> yeah. more like thieves <laughs> of the coast <laughs> <laughs> pirates of the shore <laughs> da- David Holy Porter hell. pirates of the shore that's really good <laughs> that's uh, that's gonna be the new nickname yeah second place David Porter says fancy initiative trackers cards magnetic boards little tents that go above your DM screen <laughs> I've fallen for this myself a few times until I finally realised that half a sheet of notebook paper is the right tool for this job <laughs> you have to mark hit points on something anyway why take up more real estate? Yeah, true. I've seen these, man. Like, there's these boards you can get in fucking... No, in Genesis. That's yeah, a good, yeah, good right. one, actually. You need them for Genesis, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Kind of. Because the way it works in Genesis, you roll, um, and then... That's oh, fucking weird. Like, basically, all the initiatives, you roll, and if you're a player, you go in the player initiative, and then those will get so it's crank, convoluted then yeah, yeah they get <laughs> they get bunched up then the monster initiatives get bunched up right. and blah 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 and you pick the initiative so you need little cards for it right okay. but in D&D I've seen people sell like little magnetic things that you can write on and then you you put them in order on a little whiteboard and you refer to that to go for initiative how long does it take just to write it down well, yeah, well, it takes the same amount of time. Well it takes more the GM's time. Job. It's yeah. like right, you're up next. And I'm, it takes oh. it takes more time to write out these little magnets every yeah. time you go into combat you're like goblin one, goblin, goblin two. Go. It's easy enough. Just make the small minions have a turn together there and the big ones have their own and their turn. Own turn. Easy. And write it down. It takes no time. Do you know what it's 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 making it's making a thing that's not needed. Fill in a space that's not a space. Exactly. It's like shitty inventions. Yeah. Um, fucking, uh, uh, all I ever do as well is, like I said, I group some monsters together. You do, yeah. And in addition to that, I will often just write the first na- letter of somebody's name. Yeah. So James is J... James T is exactly. JT. All in a little line, and that's it. Teasing. It takes it takes exactly. like ten seconds. I don't yeah. get why people need this. They don't. No. For, for on a lighter note, though, it's good that Savage Worlds uses the the um, a deck of cards exactly. for, for our initiative, and it's quite quick. And it's in front of everybody, so, so you can have a quick look. If you don't like, oh, like oh, it, just fucking do that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Best value that isn't the DCC core book. Ooh. The yearly one-page dungeon compendium. One-page worth of dungeon is really all most adults can fit into their schedules. Anyway, and this year you get 161 of those one-page pay- dungeons for $3. Wow, that's really good. That is fucking brilliant. One-page dungeon compendium. The yearly one-day dungeon compendium. Oh, that's a good one. we got one last one on this subject. Come well, we we- back again, David Porter. Yeah, yeah. No, thank you for that email. <laughs> yeah. Um, Victor Ulansky, he yeah. says, Biggest ripoff off d D&D character folios. Best <laughs> investment, Zweihander core, rule- core rulebook. Yeah. Core rulebook, I can't fucking and speak. And say core rulebook. Exactly. What is Zweihander? It's a retro German? clone of Warhammer 1st edition. Ah. So in, in the same way OSR things, are, you know, the yeah, old D&D yeah, rules, yeah, yeah. it's just that basically. Very cool. It, it looks pretty cool. Alright, yeah. Um, we've got some general questions. Yes. Um... Yeah, so, uh, David Porter, he says, Last episode, during the What Dat section, I had the urge to replay the secret of Monkey Island, knowing... Know anything about that, guys? Are you Monkey Island fans? Or did you pick that song via Dumb Luck? Oh, well, the guy, I love Monkey Island. Yeah, so the... um, uh, You know, I did one of the sounds in the What Dat section Mm. was a bard playing some music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was um, I, it was a Monkey Island theme oh, cover. Yeah, yeah. Oh, excellent. Yeah, I used to play that game years ago. The old uh, point and click uh, investigating. The classic, yeah. Game. yeah. The new one's are really game. good as well because they remade it, uh, the original Secret of Monkey Island, and they remade it and did all voice acting oh, and shit. Nice. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, it's and you can up. press a single button to switch between the old graphics and the new. Oh, which is nice. Cool. Got another general one from Dan Irwin. Uh, says, Not sure if I've missed the boat on this episode, but general question slash advice... Uh, what's some good software for audio recording slash editing uh, want to make some recordings for gameplay but haven't tried anything like that before so advice is welcome so the well let's go with the free one first I would say um, yeah free Audacity F- isn't it Audacity that's the one that's the one a lot of people use and there's a lot of tutorials out there mm-hmm. because it's, it's cheap um, I use Adobe Audition but yeah, that's basically because what I'm used to and I think it's really intuitive Yeah. but um, you do have to pay for it which I obviously did yeah, but there too. are certain dodgy sites where if you didn't want to pay for it there, there might could... be a way of doing it I don't I, know, I, don't know. I would, n- it. I would it's all, never do it's that all hacking mate I don't know um, what's his name ble- ble- Bleckenflorm bleck he would do and it gogling. and Goglin and Goglin but not me man I'm no Goglin <laughs> alright <laughs> but yeah So but yeah, free, yeah. Go. start with Audacity because it's absolutely free yeah it's get a hang of it maybe audition the good thing is is that you you can uh you can plug different modules into Audacity anyway. Yeah. If there's an effect you need that it doesn't have, just look for the um I've f- completely forgotten what it's fucking called now, but yeah, just look for the the module and, and do that and put p- it in. Yeah, I wish I could remember what it's called. Jesus Christ, Wav VSTs. That's <laughs> VSTs. it. VSTs. Me. Cool. Get um, in touch if you need some more help, uh, yeah. So that's for recording and editing. And and um, if you're recording gameplay, uh, we once recorded a a first ever trial of an actual play was we recorded a session of Darkhold Goblin Adventures and we just plopped a, uh, a, a an iPhone in the middle of the table. And that can actually do really well. There's yeah. a podcast setting on new iPhones, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it yeah. records 360. That's right. But the only thing is, is that um, we just recorded our normal game, and obviously you could hear people snacking Eating. in the background. Oh, it was a nightmare. It was horrible. So but we if never you're used doing that. online, what's the screen recorder? OCB. Uh, voice that's, meter no, oh, oh, so yeah, so for, if you're doing online games if you, you get voice meter that allows you to store your channels and your mics and all that and you can record your desktop but then well, there's there's OCB that records the desktop is it OCB oh, is that what it's I'm called sure it's called OCB uh, or oh, it's free letters anyway but it's it's free just go screen record and it can capture your whole desktop and put your little picture what's in that one? one where you always see on YouTube videos where they've got the trial version it's like handy cam <laughs> bandy cam that's it bandy cam <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we had some other um, general, general ones yeah we got more generals it's just they were I, here's I, one I uh, so uh, g- did you do Yonix? no yeah yeah so uh, general question from Yorkus Rex great name Um, yeah great name we've all seen them the player that refuses to engage in any meaningful way other than stabbing everything that moves and burning everything that doesn't talkative NPC stab Int- interesting non-treasure item burn <laughs> farmer's cow wanders too close stab farmer's house just being there burn you see a pattern here they bitch and moan about everything being against them but they make that, that no. world of persecution manifest by striking first always how can we help them evolve can it ever be done uh well, you know i i've struggled with this one myself because we've got a player at the table that always causes chaos um i'm a bit of a head shaker yeah I kind of uh, sometimes i would be like what why well the guy the guy at our table he's not knowingly a dick and people do uh, people like to play with him right he's Ryan he does oh right is. no Ryan's a great yeah he's, he's but, absolutely but, great but I think when he's uh, either panics or he's kind of has to make a snap decision sometimes it's just destruction yeah, so he's usually a pretty nice guy in games but, <laughs> yeah. but then as soon as he panics he's like right burn it or if he's playing a bad person yeah, yeah he's he goes awful goes proper awful. bad yeah and uh, I've been thinking about ways to deal with this and um uh, in our current game, I think I came up with a pretty decent solution. Is that um, I said that the story that you guys are involved in with the zoo and the town mm. is fundamentally about the town. Yeah. So if you're banished for any reason or put in jail um, from the town, then your character is effectively out of the game. That's right. Yeah. And I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, so either that, or barring that, some sort of humanity meter. Ooh, often, a, often, oh, Or well, like, uh, like thing in, Fallout. Yeah. Karma. Yeah, karma or vampire. And what you could say is once you get to a certain negative karma, like you could you could maintain of being a pretty negative roguish type, right? And still just keep leveling it But once you get level. to a certain point, your character becomes an N P C and they're out of the game. Beyond they're, beyond redemption. Yeah, they're a bad guy in the campaign now. Fair play, yeah, yeah, that's a cool way to do it. Um and that way nice. once you've threatened somebody with loss of control of their character oh mate yeah and also yeah the thing is with the town thing as well if they've got stakes in the world that they don't want to lose they've spent their money on shit when they get back to town just say like you know, fuck you, you. You, what do you want to do? Like, you've got all that money. You could start a business, this and the other. Mm-hmm. Once they got a business, and they realise that they're leaving a big money making uh, investment. Behind. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So yeah. If they're invested in the town, that it, it changes everything. Or also, um, make sure that the one that comes to mind is if they want to be a dick all the time, make sure there's ramifications. So let them get on with it. But well, then, well, I think this guy's you know, saying he's saying that he did give ramifications, but the, guy's, the guy feels it, yeah. like people are against oh, him. I see. He yeah, feels of like oh, I should be yeah. able to do whatever I want with no consequences. We'll stop playing role playing games. We? Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> we're quite lucky because um, the the guy at our table that is kind of that guy sometimes um, he's uh, the the other guy the other players and characters bring his character around yeah and so there was a point during the courtroom episode one where uh-huh. they, he was being sued um, his character and then he goes alright guys I'll be back in a minute I've got to wrap some things up and we knew what he was going to do <laughs> he was going to go and kill everyone that was against him in the court thing <laughs> and Nick, Nick's character was like no no wait you better not do that <laughs> or you could just yeah. end up in court again. Exactly. Yeah. It's, uh, but no, Ryan is a cracking player. And to be fair, when he does do a snap decision and then regrets it, he's almost in tears at the table, isn't he, sometimes? Yeah, yeah. 100%. percent so, we got one from Conrad, a Saran- uh, general. Yep. Uh, so, do any one of you have an alien toe? Weirdly bendable fingers or other creepy body features? Um, and how much do you use your body in role playing and where do you draw the line? Getting naked, tattoos, touching players, standing up at all. Uh weird bodily fit. I mean that is a very personal question that is a very personal question I haven't got anything weird I really was though, cursed though. unfortunately with a gigantic penis <laughs> <laughs> you beat me to it <laughs> <laughs> yeah I've got a great arse. Um no, no, I- uh, no I'm a pretty normal looking guy sadly yeah, I guess so, yeah. I've well, got giant eyebrows but I blame my dad for that I've got a big spam so I look like Robocop with his helmet off spam for those that don't know means <laughs> a forward. large forehead <laughs> yeah you're well you, I, I think I don't think you, it's that bad I think James's is, is far worse I think I've just got to be up about it so I can't go maybe, it. maybe. <laughs> yeah. um, what was the other one so where do we draw the line regarding how much do you use your body in role playing like when you're GMing or, or role playing ooh probably a lot I make sound effects I gestate all the time my, we... my brother does a lot like he got when we doing the courtroom episode he got up with a piece of paper and was slapping it with <laughs> slapping the back it, of his hand Yeah. and walking around he's like I am motion led or when he's like looking for inspiration he looks up to the the lords doesn't oh, yeah, yeah. The gods it yeah yeah god sometimes i don't know um, i use i, I use stand I, up a lot i stand up normally when i'm GMing. i i i, I sort of alternate between the yeah. two but I, yeah I, I gesticulate and do mm-hmm. do actions i think it, it can help bring a character to life and if you're embodying that character you know it, it, it often it helps sort of get into it and it and helps use you your body. play yeah. that character more yeah definitely also, yeah. if you if you you can give characters mannerisms without ever saying it you can instead of saying like this guy always scratches the back of his head when he gets nervous. You just, just do it, do it yeah, when exactly. he's speaking nervously. Exactly. Yeah. And we do a lot of that. So we do get very much get into character quite deeply when we play. Um, nakedness. Never gone naked, but we've definitely rolled our sleeves up a few times. I know when starts I starts that. when, when I first guns out. Oh, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> when, when I first ran uh, in the Wicket, I did wear a suit and had a, <laughs> had a cardigan around my neck like a posh lad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but that's it. Yeah. So, yeah, we get involved. We get involved. We get involved. <laughs> So Terry Hanson come in with a general question as well. And he said, general question, do you think Genesis was the reason Fantasy Flight isn't making RPGs anymore? And then he's put a link there. So we need to have a little look at that. Hang on, I'm going to have a look at the link. Have a look at the link now. Uh, here we are. Yeah, I'm looking at the link. It says, Fantasy Flight Games discontinuing RPGs? <laughs> Back in January, it emerged that FFG was laying off a lot of staff, including RPG staff. Ooh. Oof. It says that all currently announced projects will be produced, but in the long term, the RPG production is ending. Oh. Oofed. Oofed. Take that, Genesis fans. Oh, man. So one of the podcasts on the network, Finding the Narrative, oh. more like finding a new subject to talk about. Oh, oh no! Yes! We got them! We got them! Yes! But they're a fantastic podcast. Yeah, it's, it's a great out. podcast, and you should listen to it. <laughs> so Actually, or don't, because... You know, realistically, obsolete. it's obsolete. Now. Oh, bless! Now I'm sure someone'll pick it up. Surely, I'm sure they'll find the next game and think it's like the next big thing. That's what they always do. Cyber System looks good. So, yeah, yeah, they might get into there you that. Go. There you go. So, uh, so Brent Alt uh, from the Cyber Sprawl Classics fame. Oh yeah, that's him. Um, has come in and said, "Fucking plastic miniatures, ten dollars for something that could be got out of a quarter machine at my local burrito joint." Oh yeah, so he's gone back to the yeah, we've gone back to the previous. ...subject of rip-offs... ...rip-offs... ...I... ...you know... ...I... ...I agree... Mm. because if you look at kids toys right yeah yeah there's a lot more bang for your buck in terms of the amount of plastic the quality yeah, they're yeah. already painted Movability. right exactly and then the £10 minis sometimes I do feel a little bit of a pain in the wallet when I see them I, mean, oh, I bought what, two Mushroom Guy minis for 10 quid, and I was oh, like oh, I, I thought they were big and they were tiny oh that's what I mean it hurts because you want them so much and don't get me wrong they are cool and some of them have incredible detail I mean Reaper minis but then Reaper minis are quite good I mean they're still a bit of a rip off but they're, they're better, better priced aren't they or are they still a bit of a rip off Rupers? I can't remember. Uh, y- well you can get a, a a nice mini for like a fiver oh, right? right? I mean but so you haven't painted it. Where's, where's the unpainted? I would I would pay five I think a fair price is if they was to sell one mini for a fiver but it was free you know 3D printed with colour all done no painting required. Believe it or not um Rogues Rogues of the Shore <laughs> they've been no pirates of the shore pirates of the shore right they've got <laughs> no, some no, rogues of the shore yeah. roads of the shore whatever yeah. right wizards of the coast they've got some um, pretty good uh, mini packs where you can yeah. buy like a pack of six that could be heroes okay, and they were about seven, eight quid. That's fine. See, so that's things like that is that they're shitty paint jobs but at least they're painted. They're painted, yeah. And yeah, I, I I do agree but I do like painted minis. That's the trouble. I really enjoy it mm. but even, you know, Modifius with their first Wasteland Warfare shit, you know, you get some good packs there like yeah. 15 quid for three. Actually, that's about the same as a Five or each, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It is a bit of a rip when it you is think a, about it. Minis are a rip-off. I've never thought about it like that. Sadly, they are, because they are great. And I love minis, um, but they And are... a game is enhanced by having them. There's a lot of rip-offs in this industry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, there is... A lot of people argue that, that, you know, these products take a lot to make, and we are aware of that. That's yeah, why we'll pay like our upwards product. of... I mean, that's why our extortionate price of £1.50 for our products was Because so it's a PDF. High. We realise that a computer file inherently has a very smaller value than that mm. of a print file. Yeah. But, you know, I, I feel as if... I, I feel as if, like... The, I know that they they cost more to produce, right? Because mm. there's artwork, there's editing, there's sure. there's the amount of testing that goes into it. Yeah. But so they are obviously gonna cost more than a normal book. Mm. Like for example, a comic book with the same amount of pages, right, would cost me ten to fifteen quid. Yes. But it's got a lot less development going Precisely. into it. Precisely. It's just an artist and a scriptwriter. Yeah. Yeah. And layout. And, you know, there's well, there's a lot more. It's to expensive, it, but yeah. it's not as expensive, expensive I guess. Right. And and I do get that, but it just it just it does wind me up the the offs offs in some of it you know that they're just laughing their heads off in their board meetings. I saw it, um, a um a thing the other day like it, what what pisses me off. I don't know if they're, we we should probably talk about like our our offs right, and best yeah, buys. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, yeah. but the um one of the things that annoys me is the prices given to out of print RPGs when people put them on eBay. Right, I know it's not necessarily that much of a ripoff, but sometimes th- something is only worth what somebody will pay for it. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I've been looking for aces and eights for years, uh-huh. and I've only ever seen it for hundred quid. But I always see it, so I, to me, that probably says that they're not no, selling for hundred quid. But they, but a more fair price, I would have bought it probably for fifty quid yeah, even. Yeah, yeah, um, And that for fifty quid, that's value for money. I seen the other day, Avenger Satanis, who is um, another controversial figure in the RPG industry. Sure. It's just a, he's just a—he's a guy that made Alpha Blue, so like a really horrific sex game. Oh right, okay, that's why i have not—probably not heard of it. <laughs> it's, well, I—I oh, bought it for this podcast to do as an item, hey. but yeah, it, the game actually looked quite cool. Okay. But Anyway, this guy—he said on his website, he's just—he's released this new book called Alt, which is like a, a Cthulhu Mythos type right. book. Yeah. And he said that he—he he was chuffed because somebody bought 200 copies to keep for 10 years and then put on eBay later. I'm like, good idea, but f- f- also fuck you That's yeah, it's, it's you, annoying because they're ripping people off yeah they are in big off it's like it's like um so on eBay you know when you can uh, watch something right mm. um, so I've been watching this same fucking hackmaster GM book for the what, past waiting for it to go 14 months and it still hasn't gone down below 120 quid. it's like dude you're not gonna sell it I'm you gonna buy it I, yeah, I should do. You I should message, message him, me. give, him should. Yeah, give him an offer because yeah, fifty I, for it, and then you can fifty's a good end price for that madness. book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That annoys me. I mean, as for Best Buy's, I'm gonna have to agree with um, with the DCC rulebook. Sorry. Yeah, because yeah. it's I'll basically that. the best value for money. If mm-hmm. I was gonna say, if there's one rulebook you had to get, it's that one. Lamentations is also pretty fucking good because yeah. it's fifteen pounds for the core rulebook, and the PDF is free. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. And, before, and obviously before The best uh, Was the Savage Worlds Core Book Previous edition Which was fantastic For a yeah, what, £10, £10 the 12 The thing is James Raggy His p- product is doing Really well mm. And he's making a lot of money People that work for him Are getting paid more Than anywhere else In the industry oh, really? Yeah and it's because I think the popularity Is to do with the cheapness Of the first book you And the PDF And it he- gets people in you get to a table and you you say to somebody, oh, "Have you forgot your book?" Well, just get it on your phone then. Yeah, yeah precisely. Yeah. And it's nice because, and now I think that's that 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 in lies the key. So the 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 pilot the pilot product the core rule book whatever your first release is, if you do it at a reasonable price, surely you're going to get more people in it. Mm. And then once they're in locked into it and they enjoy it, and you bring out you know more products, chances are they might pick them up. Exactly. So you know. Exactly, because you want to get people into you it. You want to get them playing it. it also, you know, it. Barrow Maze, for example. The guy that's written it, he's famous amongst OSR types. But if he'd have made that adventure affordable, mm. he could have been famous amongst everybody. Everybody. Everyone. Yeah, exactly. And if he'd have just, if he'd have just like got off of his high horse for a minute Stop and being thought greedy, I, greedy, that's greed. It. And, greed, greed. Don't be greedy. That's it That's it Though, if anyone does want to pay us a thousand pounds for 78 we'll will take it, it well, we will right. take we will it take because it's money. worth that amount but we wouldn't charge that because we love you yeah we love you and we wouldn't charge that but we would take thousand pounds right that's £100 a hundred pound a happening let's <laughs> go that's mate bank. that's bank <laughs> <laughs> alright let's do an outro, outro. <laughs> yeah. magic missile Good episode, you think? Yes, mate. It was was sort of a mailbag episode mixed with a a short main subject, but yeah, um, I hope you enjoyed it, listener. And remember, follow me on Twitter, Harrison (laughs) the Huge. Don't. You'll probably get abuse. (laughs) I've, I've, I've. Well, only if you're Sean Patrick (laughs) Fannon. Did you see my hashtags that I put in the post? I did. Hashtag nasty Touch. I did. You got, you got, you got, you got. Do you know what? You need to start going to bed earlier. They always get these, like, 11, That's what 30, it is. 12 12 text messages, <laughs> and it's not good for you, man. Just before I go to, go to bed, I, I'm, like, literally on my phone, and, like, I get a little bit bored... And I just thought... And a bit manic. No, Do you but, know what? I get a bit like that. It's weird, but my time is the morning. So when I wake up and I'm still in bed on my phone, that'll be the time when I'll start, like, you know, doing a few, like, um, free tea posts or whatever. I don't know, I get a bit weird. It's like it's, it's almost like well, a weird time. Well, what it was was that... You remember before I made that image of Sean Patrick Fannin in the ice cream truck with free hugs <laughs> written on the side? And I sent, I sent it to him on Facebook. But I said to him, I was like... um Uh, yeah so um, I think you should be aware somebody's made this (laughs) image, and of course it was me and um, then I posted it on his Google Plus and he blocked me and as soon as I because I've just got Twitter and I'm trying to get into it (laughs) because I realise it's good for self-promotion I thought oh no he hasn't blocked me on there yet so let's see how quickly I can get blocked are you blocked yet? No, hey! no he hasn't seen it so that's been up there for quite a while oh actually. there you go oh excellent <laughs> go and uh, yeah go and, go and follow me on Twitter and also um, yeah if you want to get in contact with us Ooh, yeah. 3trpgpod at gmail.com mm-hmm. we're on all the social medias and we've got a Patreon mm-hmm. so if you fancy donating a buck to this nonsense then please, please do. do it's much appreciated well yes exactly um, Nick you want you got anything you want to say to the world before the we go to the world uh, well I hope you all have a nice day that's true um, you know and um keep on trucking keep on trucking (laughs) and remember that d20s are cool but 20 d's now that's a good time oh yeah good bike laters